Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And as you know, all month long in February, the month of love, we're talking about using love truly as a competitive advantage, whether it's in your personal life or professional life or both, amazingly enough. And my guest today is going to bring a whole new perspective to this. And I'm so excited to ask him so many things about what he's doing. But Fidel Bohill is a master coach. He's a master hypnotherapist and master timeline practitioner, which I have no idea what that is, but you all know that I'm totally into uh, hypnotherapy. He's also author of a book called Divorce, A Modern Man's Guide. And by the way, on his LinkedIn profile, it also says Fidel, Modern Man, Bohill, which that should just tell you, we're going to have a great time. So what does he do? He's a life and relationship coach, and he enjoys helping clients to empower themselves by understanding and actually positively connecting to feminine and masculine energies. Hmm. There might be some love connections in this and not just love of the heart, but love of yourself. In recent times, he says, gender roles have become less defined, which is true. And that may bring many benefits, but it also causes some challenges for us. And and I think that that's a really important thing to to recognize, especially what we've learned post-pandemic, pre and during and post-pandemic. And he believes though, that the polarity between masculine and feminine um, really helps us to have positive relationships. So here's just a couple other things. He runs the men's only Facebook community called the Modern Man Club. He's the founder of a community interest group by the same name. He hosts the Modern Man podcast and he's also a cover model. <laughs> he was September's choice for the Coach Magazine. Um, and so, you know, pretty cool with that. But as if this wasn't enough, he's also a competitive and undefeated boxer. So I, Clearly he's lazy and a qualified fitness trainer. So I just don't even know what he does with all his time. <laughs> and he's also raised three daughters and watching them grow has helped him understand women also. So Fidel, I am exhausted reading your bio. You have so many things going on. Thank you for joining me. That was a hell of an intro. That, that was long, wasn't it? I had no idea. Don't you hate it when somebody goes through your whole bio? But I, you know, I, I get people's bios all the time and I'm fascinated by all these little tidbits that we pull together. And so most of the time I have to read them all because I'm like, I want to know more about them. <laughs> <laughs> makes me sound interesting. I mean, at the moment, I don't know. I'm just sat in, I'm sat in my apartment, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. You are interesting. <laughs> yeah. And um, we won't tell anybody that we're taping this for February, but I see your Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> Oh, okay. Do you want me to turn that around slightly? There we go. <laughs> Away from the festive. Oh, look, there's my coach magazine cover right in the background. There. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh look at that. Oh, that's look at that. perfect. Look at that. You are a cover model. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fidel, I gave like, you know, the highlights that I saw of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yeah, this, this is interesting talking about it from a business perspective, which I do. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. I think I've had two jobs 
um, <laughs> since I since I finished school. So I, I've run businesses. I the, about ninety percent of my clients are, are business owners, um, and so I do uh, business mentoring as well, especially in the coaching industry. Uh, so it's really interesting to talk about the way that I see things and and this little balance of masculine and feminine and looking at the way that roles of men and women have changed and and certainly in the workplace and in the business environment because it's it's really almost at the pointy end of where the the problems and the challenges lie between men and women is is mm. is this rise in equality for women in the workplace which is a fantastic thing and um but like as you said in the intro it's it's brought it's kind of challenges and i think for our generation there's become a bit of a disconnect between our relationship and the way that we view ourselves as men and, and women um mm-hmm. i don't there is a disclaimer i obviously i don't pretend to talk about uh <laughs> non non-gender specific and uh people and transgender and so forth that's simply because i don't understand enough about it it's not it's mm-hmm. not my back but everything i say isn't anti any of those concepts or ideas um i'm all for people doing and being whoever they want to be um but i work predominantly with size gender men and women um and and that's kind of where where i speak from really and i I believe that's probably the majority of people and so forth and so there's a lot of people out there struggling with that and in some ways those these new ideas and new concepts um coming along as 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 muddy the waters even more for a lot of people it, it really is. And I think that, you know, as we look at, um, interesting, I was, uh, I was, had a reporter that um, asked me to, to contribute to a story that he's writing. And so as I was sending him all my stuff and, and I get this, you know, question, make sure to give your gender pronouns, which I don't yeah. think about because, you know, I forget sometimes that people are like, wait, Michael, is she, you know, is yeah. that a man, woman? What, you know, most of the time, if they haven't seen my picture, they don't know, they think I'm a man. Um, and so as I sent them, I was really thinking about, you know, how each of us do have masculine and feminine side, no matter what our sex, no matter what our sexual orientation, we have different parts of all of our personalities that it sometimes are going to be masculine and sometimes feminine. And, you know, being aware of them and not afraid of any of them, I think can be very, very empowering. Yeah. It's it, being aware, not being afraid. I would go one step further, but feeling really confident and positive about those elements within us and getting to know them getting to know how to step in and out of them and when and where they're the most useful most appropriate mm-hmm. I, uh, I agree home in romantic relationships is where they probably play out the most um but certainly in the workplace there's some interesting dynamics at play and i think in the workplaces where we really see people um challenged in that way and i think a lot of um less so lately probably in the last kind of five or so years but certainly when I was younger, it was all about everybody showing up in their masculine at work, whether you're mm-hmm. running a business. And it's interesting, you're talking about leading with love. And I think that's almost a new concept, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. a sign of the times that people are understanding where the feminine might fit into the business world now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of powerful women around the world who aren't leading in that old world where we used to see the power dresses of the 80s with the shoulder pads. And it was all about women <laughs> coming and just and just mimicking men. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the workplace, now we're seeing women actually stepping into their powerful feminine and, and running multi-million dollar, multi-million pound industry um, and businesses and, and governments and countries, um, but mm-hmm. doing it in a, in a powerful feminine way, which I think is wonderful. I think, I think it's beautiful. I think so too. And it's really, I think it's important 
you know, to recognize, I do think it's getting better, but it's interesting that at different times in my career, when I have held, you know, positions of, of great, of good authority of, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of powerful positions in companies that if you were too, uh, if you, if you looked too soft, you might be considered easy prey, or you might yep. be considered, you know, that, but if you're too tough, then you become a bitch, you know? So it's like, you know, where, where it doesn't have to be your, um, you know, a, you know, mushy or you're horrible, you know, there's ways for all of us, men and women to within our personal and professional lives to, to find the balance and use it. Like you said, step in and out of it when, when you need to, when it's appropriate. Yeah. And I think that almost comes from a misunderstanding. So one of the biggest issues I think is a misunderstanding of the feminine. And I know a lot of women of our generation have got this um, negative feeling towards their own femininity, where they think, well, if I want to succeed, then I have to shut this part of me down. Not really, yeah. because we see sem- feminine as being soft, as being weak. Um, and we see masculine as being out and go-getting and, pa- and more powerful. And I-, I believe that's incorrect. So like, feminine is all powerful. It can be all fight, you know? And, and, yeah. and, uh, and you're just as capable of succeeding in the modern world in your feminine energy as you are in your masculine if not more so nowadays i think we're leaning we're moving in without getting too woo-woo moving into the age of aquarius where actually it's 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 actually working working much better we're in a much more open um world where it's all about communication it's about empathy it's about leading with love it's about um doing things slightly differently in this kind of real hardcore competitive crush and destroy your competitors stuff is going out the window it's dated now i agree and you know i i had um every once in a while somebody will ask me a question um in an interview that's typically related to you know um have you ever felt in your career or did you ever find in your career a time where you you know saw the wage gap between you as a woman and your male counterparts Mm -hmm. and i always preface this by saying i'm going to say i'm going to give you an answer that's not going to be popular and the reason that it's not popular is because for me, I never had a difference in wage gap between my male counterparts ever. Mm-hmm. And I also out-earned many of my female counterparts because I negotiated well for positions yeah. and salaries all throughout my career. And, you know, so then people are like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? What do you mean you negotiate? I'm like, well, you know, before you take a job, know what you want, know what you expect, know what you need, and then figure out how to take the steps to get there. And it doesn't have to be a battle. You don't have to, you know, like get ready to be armed to go into battle to fight for yourself. You just have logical conversations with people. And every time I always got more than I even hoped, because, you know, you always negotiate, like if you want 10 points, you bring, you know, you ask for, you know, 20 and hope you get 10 or whatever, not hope, but, but it's about, you know, how you believe in yourself and what you, what you're willing to do to make sure you, you get what you need and where you need to be. I think that always comes from a, a place of fear of rejection, really. And it plays mm-hmm. out the same in relationships as it does in business. And yeah. whereas men were always kind of raised to be the ones who ask women out on a date or ask for the promotion, we're the, we've kind of been raised to, to be, be vulnerable in that, in that way, you know, to take, take those risks. And women have been the other way, which is wait for other people to offer things to you, to be, mm-hmm. to, to be receptive and uh and so there's a big and there's a lot of studies behind it which is it's a massive part of why there is a a gender wage gap is because men are more likely to go for jobs that women wouldn't like way outside their Mm -hmm. pay grade Um, they're more likely to take those risks and they're more likely to ask for more money 
Yeah. And you know, I love what you just said about that. Cause I never thought of it from this perspective. Sometimes we, we use those, we talk about that as if the, the man has no fear, no fear of asking yeah. for the promotion or no wow. fear of asking that woman out. And you, what you just said is they're more, you know, that they are willing or have been taught to be vulnerable in that way. I love the use of the word vulnerable because you're right. Every time you, you know, go after something like that, there is the fear of rejection or the possibility of rejection, maybe not the fear, but the possibility of it. But, but it, it's what you get used to doing. So, you know, to me, it was always natural to just, you know, negotiate for myself. So I never thought anything else of it. And so, you know, therefore there's not a sense of fear of rejection. It was just like another thing that, that I do. But now when we're talking about asking somebody out or asking for that promotion or going after something that seems a little out of reach, I think it just takes people more practice so that they're not intimidated by it. Correct. Yeah. It's just, having more practice that's exactly it yeah and and an expectation of yourself and and from society to do yeah i i agree so when you work with your clients like when people come to you and they say okay fidel i i want to work with you and what what kind of things are holding them back in the beginning you know i know you work predominantly with men so what you know what this is a great opportunity for me to peek behind the curtains a little bit and learn a little bit more about the male psyche. <laughs> I get all sorts of women coming in wanting to know what us guys do behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, you haven't figured us out yet. So you know, we, this is one thing I've learned in this journey. I quit trying that a few years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> but what, you know, what, when they come to you, what kind of things are they saying? What, what are they trying to work through? It, we're going to go back to that same point that we were making really where guys aren't living up to their potential, where they are feeling kind of fearful and out of, out of sync. There's a, a definite kind of lack of self-knowledge and confidence. Um, and they might, it'll only get you so far because you can't, guys are out there and, but they're mimicking it. So mm. again, our generation is slightly different. Gender roles and being a man and being a woman was pretty clear cut for previous generations and it came assigned with roles. And since the sort of the 80s and 90s where women came more into workplace, well, really since the Second World War, but um, there's, there's started to become some com- confusion. And where we were mainly focusing on, on women and empowering women and getting women to, you know, to, to go for these jobs and, and to become part of the workplace and stand up for themselves, it, it, we forgot that when those changes have occurred, we're going to have guys who sat over here who are a little bit bewildered and a little bit unsure of who they are, how they fit into this dynamic now, this new dynamic. If we talk on an energetic level, what, when a woman is in her masculine energy in the workplace, so when you get a group of men, okay, we will, and a lot of guys will deny this, but there's a part of their subconscious <laughs> that will be do, that will be doing this. When a group of men get together, we size each other up, right? And we put ourselves into a little hierarchy, whether that's in the boardroom, whether that's in the in the in the meeting room, in a restaurant, or in the bar. We'll go right. I don't know. And a lot of it will the bottom filter line is, can I take him? <laughs> this goes down to the wire. If we're gonna start, if we're gonna start, can I take him? And you end up in this kind of hierarchy. Now you'll get some really intelligent guys go, I don't care. You might be able to take me physically, but I can outsmart him. And mm-hmm. and they was, they'll still alpha it for one of a better expression. But um, when, we, when a masculine person encounters a, a, a female in her masculine energy, we're like, okay, well, I'm, 
I'm not going to fight her. I can't. <laughs> so what do I do with this weird energy? And all of this stuff is playing on an unconscious level. And so that, oh. that accounts for a lot of the discrimination because guys just don't know where to go with it. They can't put them in a hierarchy. Like you, you look like a woman and you sound like a woman, but the energy I'm getting off of you is one from as, as another man. And I know I can't fight you. So how do we sort this hierarchy out? Um, ah. this, this is the stuff that's all playing on an unconscious level. So the work that I do with guys really is about discovering who they are and, and sort of becoming at peace with that and being loved, learning how to love themselves so they can then go out and so they don't feel competitive towards women. They don't feel like they have to dominate them or control them. So they don't have, they don't feel any of those sort of things. Um, and that really helps in all aspects of their life. That is fascinating. I never thought of it from that perspective, but I can see everything you just said. I can, I can see how that happens because I do, I do just even the conversations with my husband, you know, yeah. uh, you know, we, he, he makes certain assumptions about people that drive really giant trucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's definitely about their masculinity. So I'm just putting yeah. that out there. <laughs> and, but so I can see that. And and there have been times that I've worked with male counterparts where it's been incredibly dynamic, like just, you know, um, uh, you know, where you're collaborative, where you got good energy be between you. And those are the people that I see, you know, I guess I've always assumed it's more confidence, more self-confidence with that. Yeah, and then I've worked sure. with other people that are very, um, uh, aggressive. They're very argumentative. You know, you've in, in my mind, I always say, God, they must be really threatened about of me because why else would they react this way? Mm -hmm. And so those probably the things going through my head, same thing with women. I mean, you, you can have the same dynamic with women together, Definitely. but, but you're right. I mean, being, um, being more open with it, being more aware of it, being in tune with it, we should be able to break down some of those needs to fight or flight, you know, kind of thing. For sure. And there's also an interesting, um, I also run a women's community as well. There's about a thousand women in my modern women's club, right? And me. So I'm in a very sort of rare position where I'm the only bloke in a big tribe of women. And um, it, it's, it's, it can get interesting in there sometimes uh, for me. <laughs> but one of the things I've really realized with the differences in the, in the community is a real difference in communication styles. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got a friend who worked for a big, large British banking organization, and they spent a lot of money looking into this stuff as to why women were hitting a glass ceiling and why their male superiors weren't were hiring men over women with higher qualifications and so forth. And one of the things they discovered was they did a series of like group tasks. They did mixed groups, they did men's groups, and they did women's groups. And what they discovered was a lot of women just communicate. So they just, they brainstorm and they say all of the ideas, the good ones and the bad ones, they all get into the air and right. they all go down on the sheet and then they da 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 da, da and, and they come up with the solution. Whereas the men won't open their mouth until they think they've got something really useful and contributory to the discussion and something they think is correct and useful. Otherwise they'll stay quite quiet. And so when you get men and women collaborating together, quite often you get the women going, oh, I know, but what about this? What about that? And the guys will be there going, why did you say that? That's, that's not useful. And so... Um, I've already explained the argument I just had with my husband the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they will actually look and think women are, are kind of in, 
it's slightly inferior and and the men in the group are being superior because when the guys are saying it they're only saying it when or even women in their masculine so we can talk about this in an energetic right. level with the men and women but um it's it's one of the big reasons as well you know it's certainly in group and collaboration work why there might be some sort of jarring in in mixed groups and again through kind of a bit of understanding and a lot of confidence and learning how to listen and be um, in a room and having a having a lot of respect for people we can actually work work much better because again there's a lot of studies showing that certainly a board level businesses work better with diversity and i'm not just talking mm -hmm. about women we're talking about race we're talking about sexuality we're talking about yes. um uh, physical age. ability and so forth yep. age and everything mm -hmm. actually when we get lots of different perspectives um businesses work better and that's been proven time and time again so when we start to understand how we all think a little bit differently we can create much better businesses I agree. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to keep this going. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor this month, and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polish strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Or simply click the link in our show notes. Okay, so far I have um, had the answer to several of my uh, relationship challenges with my husband, Fidel. <laughs> Not that we have too many, Good. but uh, I love the little things. I, I, you know, the little things, and I especially love you know when you were just talking about you know the the dynamic of you know women often just saying everything that's in their head. That's exactly how I operate. I am, you know, I'm a free thinker. I've got, and when I'm normally in my home office, I've got a white wall, um, used to like a whiteboard wall. So I'm writing over it all the time. And my husband's very analytical. So, you know, sometimes I'll go, Hey, I want to tell you about a new idea. And I will have, I'll have every component of the idea. I will have every minute detail that, and he's just like, could you just tell me what the purpose is? Can you tell me the man version? Can you give me the man version? <laughs> So that is exactly how we're going to have the conversation. <laughs> Let me give you the man version. <laughs> and I think that this is, is really perfectly timed. And, and this whole month with my theme of lead with love, it's really to spark a dialogue about, you know, being comfortable looking at how we interact in personal and professional lives from a perspective of let's take better care of each other. Let's take better care of ourselves. Let's really see that as we love ourselves and others, we will have better outcomes. So, you know, what's, what are your specific thoughts on that? How, how can, 
you know, how can you kind of prompt my audience to say, okay, here's another way to look at how you can lead with love and really truly set yourself um, to some new levels and new heights. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean that I'm all about that. Um, we we talk about loving, and my kind of motto is just be be love, be love, mm. um, and that starts with loving yourself, as you quite rightly said. And I think this stuff is really key to this. If as a man, you do not feel positively about masculinity, you're going to struggle to properly love yourself. If mm. as a woman, you don't feel positively about femininity, you're going to struggle to love your whole self. Yeah, that's level one. Okay, so level one as a man is learning to love your, your masculinity and your thoughts or whatever they are on being a man. Level one as a woman is learning to love that feminine part of yourself. Level mm. two as a man is to learn to love your feminine aspects as well. And as a mm -hmm. woman to learning to love, love your masculine elements. And only then, I don't think we, we, we tend to try and start at the top. And I get a lot of people going, oh, well, these, these are just labels. We're all the same. And, and yes, we are. On a human level, absolutely, we all have that commonality. But that's level three. You know, you can't get there unless you've got the basis right. It's really, really mm -hmm. difficult because if you're still looking at men and women or masculinity and femininity, even if there's a lot of people who are listening to this might even get triggered by those, those ideas and those concepts, masculinity and femininity. And that comes because they've got a sense of one being superior or, or inferior, mm -hmm. which it just isn't. They're equal, but they're different. Men and women are different. That does not mean they're not, they're not equal. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got that muddled up. Well, and I, I, as you're talking, I was thinking this is really important. I wish I would have heard this. I don't know if I would have understood it as much earlier in my career as it related to my career. But yeah. I, when I first started my career, I really did think I had to be, you know, that super professional, which in my mind was more masculine. Uh -huh. um, so I was driven. I was, you know, I got a lot of stuff done. I, you always knew how busy I was. <laughs> yep. Everybody always knew how busy I was. Um, and then you know, after a few more years in my career and managing and leading bigger groups. Um, and after the first time I had like my first burnout, then I think I almost went the other way. Like I was trying to take such good care of myself and such good care of my team that we didn't get as much accomplished. Mm -hmm. So finally, you know, somewhere in my forties, I was like, okay, at some points in the day, you have to be the feminine. At some points you have to be the masculine. I didn't think of it that way. I just thought some days I need to be a little softer is probably how I thought of it in my head. And then other days I have to be more, this is what we're doing. This is how we get there. And, you know, today now I'm leading a team of, I think I have seven on my team. Isn't that terrible? I don't even know how many sometimes because we're growing really fast. He loves you really guys. <laughs> I do. Well, they're, they're all in Kenya We're we're growing. And uh, yeah, so I do have seven. I know I counted that. I was like, I think we were ready to hire number eight though. Um, but leading a team now is so different for me. And I'm back to, to struggling and juggling at times. And I've been really trying to get refocused again and say, okay, I need to spend more time with each person. I need to, you know, make sure I'm guiding them. They, they have somebody to report to, but I want to give more guidance. I want to put my arms around them a little bit more because I really want to take them on this journey. And um, so it requires being really aware of when you have to say, you know, here's what we have to do, but here's how I want to help you get there. And um, I think that's just that it takes time and experience. But if I would have heard this long ago, maybe I would have not have had so many 
road bumps along the way. I think it's it's it, this is damaged a lot of women of our generation. This concept, and like you said, you had a burnout. I mean, a lot of men and women have, have had them, but masculine energy and, and our bodies are literally designed to manage stress better than yours. Testosterone is what's required if you're going to live at that level a long time. Like yeah. for, for listen, we all can all get damaged from overworking, but for a guy, it's going to take a lot more simply because of our our biological structure right we're kind of designed yeah. to be under stress um a lot more than you than than women are so I, I think a lot of women were damaged not just physically but spiritually you know like this crushing oh, yeah. thing because this total confusion this is what we were fed this thing that we had to go to work and compete with all the guys but they did all of that and they were left with this real kind of empty disconnected feeling where they weren't feeling fulfilled mm -hmm. they weren't happy it wasn't how they wanted to, to to live their lives and don't get me wrong it was not really how men wanted to live their lives so as we move more into this that's true place this kind of feminine caring place um it's going to be great for men and women you know, we all want a little bit more time off. We all want to take more care of ourselves. Men have that element of femininity and it needs to be nurtured yeah. as, as well. Um, we, we still want to spend time with our kids, you know, we do. We want to get home. That's what I was going to say. We want to work yeah. from home. And, and so this stuff that was looked at primarily from a, a sort of feminist perspective where we wanted more flexible working, we wanted uh, more, higher, more maternity leave and so forth. And we only, and a lot of guys were resistant to it because they looked at it as this stuff was only for women. But let's face it, now pandemic has sent us all yes. home to work from yeah. home. Guess what? The guys are enjoying it too, right? Oh, absolutely. Benefiting and everything, benefiting everybody. Well, and I think that, yeah, I mean, and we're going to see this. I mean, this is going to be a part of our, our world culture from now on is that there will be so many more people that will work from home and, and work remotely because it we've proven that it works. Yep. Um, we've proven there's still challenges without a doubt, <laughs> um, but there's challenges, there's challenges the other way too. And yeah. I think I, you know, as you're talking, it makes me think about, you know, the very first time in the last, I don't know how many years, the first time I saw one, but you know, a commercial about a dad, you know, being like the stay at home dad. And I think it was a Tide commercial. The first time I really went, wow, this is about the dad staying home, the mom's going to work. Um, but it it doesn't even tell the whole story about how both mom and dad feel about that. You know, you yeah. just see a great picture mm. of dad's, you know, playing <laughs> dress up and he cleans his daughter's outfit. But there's still stress when, you know, when we're not talking about how does it feel to stay home? How does it feel to go? How does it feel to have more time with the kids? How does it feel to not have the time with the kids? There's, there's so many things. And if we start looking at it as not the father or the mother, but the human and the human, sure. then we can start to make better decisions. What we have to be slightly careful of um, because we're ahead of the curve is that we've learned from what we've done to, to women that I was just explaining, which is forcing them into this masculine energetic role and seeing the damage that it did to them spiritually. Well, we've got to be careful with this flip. And, and like I said, a lot of the work that I'm doing is like, okay, guys, we're now in a, perhaps in a more fem, feminine workplace. We're asked to work in a more feminine way. And especially now we're asked to spend more time at home and, and we're in this place. And certainly with the next generation coming through now, what we have to say is, guys, okay, how do we show you how to do this, but in a masculine way? How do we show you how to connect with your masculinity outside of the workplace? So where mm -hmm. we've had women being masculine in the workplace, now guys are going to have to start being a bit more feminine in the workplace. So where does their outlet for their masculinity come in? How are yes. you expressing that? And how are you 
feeling positively about that. Otherwise, as we as we are seeing already, uh, we've got a generation of more feminized men coming through and they'll end up just as disappointed and disillusioned as the women when they hit 40 going, how did I miss yeah. all this? Where's this other part of me, this real intrinsic element of who mm -hmm. I am? How have I lost it? Um, now I just want to, you know, I want to eat steak, I want to lift weights. And it's like, right, you know, I want to punch my friends, I want to wrestle. Um, there's still this thing, we put two little boys in a room and quite often that's, they'll just roll around on the floor because we kind of yep. want to do that, um, which is where my boxing has played a massive part. And it's something I encourage men, men to do together is to train physically together. It's a huge part of what we want to do. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I'll tell you what, um, I, uh, for a year, I, you know, stopped when we, you know, last year went into a lockdown, but um, I did a year's worth of um, boxing classes and they were just, you know, I mean, it was just me in the punching bag, but you know, 50 other yeah. people in the room. I have never felt so empowered in yeah. my life. And man, when I'd had a stressful day or something I needed to get out, I never knew how great punching a bag could feel. Yeah. It's brilliant, right? <laughs> it's awesome like if i would have known that i'd be doing that that would have helped me through i wouldn't have had the first you know you know total meltdown had i had a bag to punch i think <laughs> great therapy i mean we've got the rise of things like brazilian jiu-jitsu i mean you guys do a lot more wrestling in the states than we do here mm -hmm. um but certainly again during the 80s for my generation we had a massive rise of kind of homophobia and men pretty much stopped touching each other which is really ah. odd if you look back historically, even back to just the 20s and 30s, there's a load of old photographs have, have been released now where guys, I mean, so men and women didn't used to have only just recently spent started spending so much time together in mixed groups. It's just never happened before. And so guys yeah. actually used to um, back in the 1800s and stuff, guys used to there was nothing. Men used to walk around holding hands with each other, you know, oh. and sitting on each other's knees and being the ones that would actually give each other this kind of different bonding and there was and until this whole homophobia stuff came about and you weren't allowed to do things like that because that means gay or, or whatever um and, instead and of just i'm a human that needs human contact I, I got, yeah and so we, it's coming out surreptitiously now in things like wrestling uh, again you guys have american football and brazilian mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu where guys get to have this physical contact with each other intimate yeah. contact without any sexual connotation around it right. um and and men need that and need that contact with other men if you, right since the dawn of time guys have been doing that with each other um, and then it all stopped for a generation which is part of the reason why we don't really feel that comfortable positively about what our, our masculinity is and how we can express it in these different ways and that's okay now you told you told me you wanted to make sure that i don't just say this to everybody but i really actually could like talk to you forever <laughs> and i'm not lying because this is fascinating to me <laughs> But of course, at some point in time, we have to wrap up the episode. But I mean, this is you've really given some incredible insight here um, that I think can make us all think. And and one of the I keep trying to remind myself and other people that, you know, just because we're coming out of a pandemic doesn't mean that we can't um, that we shouldn't, you know, really reflect on the positives that have come out of this. Um, obviously, we could mm -hmm. list all the negatives, but we have spent more time with each other. We've spent more family time. We've spent, you know, more, my husband and I have a standing lunch date every day. So, yes. you know, our calendars are blocked so that we have that time. And, you know, as human beings, we may be also craving for people who live alone. I know that it's a completely different scenario. Um, but for those of us who have, 
um, you know, people near them, or even if you live alone, when you come together to see people, there's so much more of a craving to be together that I think yep. that we can really learn how to make better and deeper connections that will help us in the long term. I agree with you 100%. We've really learned that we're, we're little pack animals, you know, we yeah. need to be together. We're, we're designed, our neurology and our biology is designed to work in little groups of, of others. And when we're, when we're isolated or just in really tiny little splinter groups, it makes us deeply unhappy. Absolutely. In fact, just an interesting side note. Um, I, you know, I live in Philadelphia and the first um, uh, penitentiary that was built there, Eastern State Penitentiary, it's a really phenomenal tour to go through because they talk about it was the first time that on a massive scale that some, it was uh, really created to make you be penitent, penitent, to make you feel bad for what you did. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and so people were brought in um, with a hood over their head so that nobody saw them. And then for the length of their duration, they had um, two rooms, they had, uh, but they were 100% solitary for I don't know how long. And wow. so they would have 23 hours in their inside cell and one hour in their outside part of their cell. And <clears throat> they, this kept on until they realized that they were making people literally go crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It's the worst thing you could do. It's, but historically, you look right back since the dawn of time, that's always been the highest form of punishment you can give to another yeah. person is exclusion. Yep, absolutely. So I know we are going to have all your contact information on the show notes, but I bet there's going to be somebody who wants to look you up right now because they're like, I need to work with that guy. I need to follow him. I need to be a part of one of those groups. So. What's the best way for people to find you? Mostly I hang out on Facebook. So my name is Fidel Bohill, F-I-D-E-L-B-E-A-U-H-I-L-L. Come find me on Facebook and follow me on there. Um, my group is the Modern Man Club um, for men and the Modern Woman Club for women. And my website is uh, modernman.org.uk. I love it. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Pearls of wisdom. Yeah, just start thinking about your your inner masculinity and femininity slightly differently. Read up on it. Uh, one of the real key things that you can do is to look at the different archetypes. So masculine archetypes are really important. We have a, one vision of what masculinity is supposed to be, possibly the warrior archetype. And we forget that actually there are different ways. So people, if they don't fit into that archetype, they eschew the whole concept of masculinity. And that's not the only way. So kind of Google masculine archetypes, have a little read of that and feminine archetypes as well. And um, yeah, just start to love yourself more. Be the love, be the love. Be the love. I wrote that down. That'll be your show title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it, Fidel. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I am so glad that we have connected. Thank you, Michael. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.